Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Welcome in, Saints fans, Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak getting you ready for Saints. Baltimore Ravens, week nine in the Caesar Superdome. Bad news, though. We will not be seeing Michael Thomas in this game, Jeff, or anytime soon. Forever. No. <laughs> Ever. 
Um, yeah, bad news today. You know, I, I, I do. I have to own the fact that I went on. And I was like, I'm feeling like we might see Mike Thomas this week, and I was know, too. I, I do think him being back meant that the, he was quote unquote close, right? And we're going to kind of get into this, but this is what Da had to say. This is slightly abridged, but this is what he had to say on Mike Thomas and the decision to put him on injured reserve. Yeah. So look, uh, I do have one announcement to make. Um, I want to make this clear. We're going to put uh, Michael Thomas on uh, injured reserve today after consultation with the doctors. We, we you know, we had a plan in place. Uh, we found what the doctors thought would be the uh, best plan for him. Obviously, the, the, the toe did not respond exactly how we were, we were hoping. I think everybody uh, from our medical people, from Mike Thomas, I think everybody tried extremely hard to uh, – to rehab the, the toe, thinking that um, we would be able to get him back. It didn't respond the way that we wanted to, so Michael Thomas is going to go on IR, uh, and he'll have uh, surgery to repair that toe. I think Mike worked his tail off and did everything he possibly could to try to rehab it. Um, this is just something that, you know, that happens from time to time, and, you know, it didn't respond the way we wanted to, and so we felt like surgery was the, was the best option to go ahead and repair it and get him, get him healthy. How's Mike sort of just what's kind of been his mindset, I guess? Yeah, look, I mean, I think he's I think he's disappointed uh, because I think, you know, he put a he put a ton into this to try to get himself back. And he's been an outstanding teammate. He's worked extremely hard to, to rehab it. There's just some things that you don't have any control over. And this is one of those things. Could you elaborate all of, um, about when the complication occurred? Well, I don't know that there was any complication. I think, you know, we followed what the doctors recommended in terms of trying to rehab it and give him an opportunity to play through it. And we went in and had another MRI the other day, and it just hasn't it hadn't healed the way that, you know, everybody kind of was hoping that it would. And so, you know, surgery is the next option. I know that was kind of long, but I think all the context is important because for one thing, it's a little confusing because the first thing he came on and said was there was a complication within the medical staff. And then the last thing he said was there wasn't really a complication. And so this is kind of a, a, a kind of literal thing where when he's saying complication, he's not saying setback. He is saying that the doctors were incorrect. Right. Like the doctors told Mike Thomas that they thought he could rehab it without surgery. And if you if this sounds like a familiar story to you, right. that's Rewind because it is. Again. It is almost shot for shot. The same thing that happened with the ankle. Right. And the only difference is he never came back and tried to play. And here's the thing. I would not be surprised whatsoever if Mike would have tried to play with this injury. What DA said is this week he had another MRI and it showed that it was not healing the way that they expected it to. And so they're shutting him down. But like, he's a part of this, right? Like, I think Mike Thomas is a guy who doesn't want to have surgery if he doesn't have to. And and this is kind of the result of that is you have lost several weeks trying to rehab it. But at the same time, I don't think that that's necessarily the wrong approach because it's probably season ending one way or the other if you have to have surgery. So I don't know. It's frustrating, but there's people on Twitter going at Mike saying, oh, he just doesn't want to play here and blah, blah, blah. No, he's hurt. Like this is an injury. This is not like him just quitting on the team. You know, it's it's very frustrating for him and for the fans, but that's what it is. 
Yeah, that's been, I think, the biggest negative about Twitter, social, any social media platform, I guess, on this front is the fact that suddenly now Michael Thomas doesn't want to be a saint. He doesn't want to be here. He's trying to move, make his way out of town. And that's fine and well, but if he wants out of town, he should be playing football to be boosting that trade value. Right. Like, like he may very well not want to be here that these, those two things aren't mutually exclusive, but the reason he's not playing isn't because that, that has nothing to do with it. He is hurt, you know, and I guarantee you, no one is more frustrated about this than Mike. Who, who went out there and, and told Jeff Duncan to watch him play, and now he doesn't get to watch him play, right? This guy was working. This guy wants to be out there. So, like, that take misses. You know, whether he's injury-prone, you know, whether he may never have another productive season in the NFL because he's yeah. healthy and his body is letting him down. You know, that is a fair critique. And I think that, you know, the, the more this happens, you, know, you have to start to wonder, right? Like, it, it's tough when you have that really high workload-type career and you're also a little older than the average player in this like sixth year of his career, right? We, I've talked about this before, and, it, and it's like it blows my mind every time I say it, but it's true. Michael Thomas is older than Brandon Cooks. Hmm. Yeah, think about that. that. Right, exactly. Like, that, that, he's not a young right player. There. And so I think as you get to this point in your career, the problem is there's sunken cost, right? You can't do anything with that contract. So you're just going to have to wait on it. But I think that what this season has shown is – the optimism around, wow, we're going to get Mike back and it's going to be a great offense with Mike. I don't know if that's ever going to be the case. Yeah, and the, the whole take, too, of Thomas not wanting to be a part of the Saints, that didn't look anything to me like the guy that was on the sideline for that win against the Raiders. He was someone that was very engaged with teammates. No, There was no pouting or anything. He was obviously uh, joyous with the, with the results of that game, but just in general, you could see him having a good time with his teammates and I know that that guy, the way he works, the way he feels about the game of football, there's no way that he does not want to be playing right now. I want to stay positive stay, stay, and have uh, wishful and hopeful thinking that he gets back as fast as he can the right way um, and whatever it takes for us to get him back the right way. Um, when it comes down to surgeries, you don't wish that on anybody, and especially Mike, who you know he wants to be in every practice and he treats every practice like it's a game and in the games he's you know super Mike T can't guard Mike um you just can't wait for him to to, to get right get healthy because when he is he's you know top tier came in week one and was right back on where we wanted him to be and I think that's what makes this more frustrating as you did see in week one and even in week two you know he caught that yeah. touchdown against the Bucks, right like there's the talent is still there like he's still able to do these things and it's just his body's letting him down and you know, foot injuries are tough. Lower body injuries are tough because, you know, it's like you, you got to use your feet. If you don't have your feet, you don't have anything. So it, it's it's frustrating. But, you know, you just the, the positive thing you can say is we don't have to wonder what the Saints offense can do without him because we've seen what they can do without him, and it's been pretty effective. So, you know, if there's any silver lining from not having him in the offense for basically three years, it's you've learned how to play without him, and you can continue to do that. Hopefully they can continue to succeed with the players that are out there because you don't have another option. You didn't trade for anybody. There's no one coming. You know, I could see them being active on the waiver wire if someone gets cut, <laughs> Brandon Cooks. But, like, I think that there's still reasons to be optimistic about this offense, even if he's not able to get out there. And one of them got back on the field today. Who was it, Steve? We have 
Jerome Jarvis Landry coming back from an ankle injury. He was limited, but still a positive sign, at least, that he was at least out there on the field. And you know what's amazing is he also hurt that his ankle initially the same game Michael Thomas got banged up against the Carolina Panthers, and it was kind of like a traffic jam of trying to get into the injury template with those two. Yeah, and he did try. He played through it in week four in London, and I think that these, the Saints regretted allowing him to do that. I think Jarvis and Mike are very similar players in that they want to gut through injuries, but in, in certain instances, it is it is detrimental to the long-term health of that body part, and I think his his absence now is probably – longer than it would have been had he just stayed out week four, right? And so that's the that's the risk or word you want to take. But getting him back in the field is big. You know, I, I, he's, just a, he's just a safety net, right? Like, he's a guy you feel so comfortable with throwing the ball and he's going to fight for it. You know, like, I think it, it directly limits Marquez Callaway's role, which I know that Andy's been comfortable throwing to Marquez Callaway, but, you know, there are moments where you're like, okay, you know, if Jarvis was out there and he gets that target, is he popping it up into Marco Wilson's hands and changing this game right now? You know, like he's he's a guy you trust. He's a guy who you yeah. want to have out there, especially without Mike Thomas. You want to have a veteran wide receiver. And so getting him back in that offense with Andy Dalton, who we've really never seen those two work together. I was just about to say that, right? And I'm, I'm excited for that. Those yeah. two veterans getting to work together. Who knows what kind of magic they can get going. Yeah, PJ Williams was also back, so he's going to be coming back off IR. So you're and full this, this right away. A, yep. Well, he had a quad injury. I think. I think there, this was an instance where they needed a roster spot, and they were like, "Okay, he's going to be out a couple weeks," and they put him on IR because they knew they were getting Alante Taylor back, and you know, like he probably he probably didn't need to go on IR, and that's why you can come back and be a full participant right away. But it's still good, right? I think the safety depth has been a question, and it's just nice to see more faces in that room. And I think if you want to be optimistic about a three and five football team, you know, if you want to go bet their plus 500 odds to win the NFC South, you know, those, those, that's the reason you're getting healthy at key spots. You know, Mike Thomas, notwithstanding Mark Ingram, notwithstanding. And yeah, I, I think that, I think that you're going to be more competitive in these games and hopefully you can come out on the right side of them. I think the first team that wins two or three games in a row is going to win this division outright. <laughs> and and the Saints want to be the team that does that first. Like whichever team get just gets a couple game lead, that's just going to send a team like the Falcons into the sewer, the Panthers into the sewer, and the Bucks spiraling because they can't get it figured out. Like and yeah, if, so if the Saints are able to do that, I like, think that this Saints team is in a pretty good position still to take the crown in this division. I, I it's, just, it's nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense, but it's a, it's the truth. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, and I think that, you know, obviously you still have some key matchups within the division that you're going to have to take care of. But this Monday night, obviously, another big game with the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to be talking to Kevin Allstriker from Locked On Ravens coming up shortly. And, you know, it's those a big game situation in the Superdome that hopefully they can start building that momentum because, yeah, last week was great against the Raiders, but can they do it again? You know, speaking of building momentum, a guy who has built significant momentum in the last few weeks, Cesar Ruiz, we talked about him on the last podcast. We were able to talk to him in the locker room today. And one of the things that we, we you mentioned to me last week was your question was, I wonder if he hears all this stuff on social media, all of this kind of social media furor around him and – you know, he 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 admitted that in his rookie season, he definitely heard it, right? 
it was all love when he came in and then he started struggling and it turned uh, loud the opposite direction. And, and he admitted he let it get to him a little bit. But then what he said is last year, about midway through the season, he just shut it all down. Like, I don't think he necessarily deleted the account, but he probably deleted the apps off his phone and he just stopped using social media. And I think that's interesting because I think that, you know, the last year, year, year plus has been a very significant time for him in terms of getting that development and just kind of focusing in on his job. And this is what he had to say about that today. Um, I was already, I wasn't really on it that much. And I was like, you know what? Just focus on ball, man. Just focus on ball. Don't get distracted. Don't, you know, don't, don't get distracted about too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you have to, at the end of the day, you know, everybody, they want you to be, they want you to be great. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're reading this stuff, it's like, yo, everybody's expecting you to be really good. So it's like, hey, just, you know what the expectation is. Don't worry about it. Don't read it. Just fix it. You know what I'm saying? Make it happen. So, yeah, I mean, I think that answers your question. Yeah, and I, I don't blame him one bit, but I wonder if, do you have your friends and family going, did you see what so-and-so said about you? Yeah, they send him a text. <laughs> like a like Like humans. Social media is just a cesspool. If I was an athlete, I would not be on social media outside of marketing, right? Like Drew Brees, for example, right. like he's his social media presence was active. I don't think he spent one iota of time like going through Twitter, right? Like people would interact with him and they would reply to him. He's not reading that, guys. Like he might be now. He has a lot more free time. But like I think that if you are an athlete and you are spending more than the minimum amount of time, like reading people, like bashing you on the internet, like unless you're doing it for motivation, which I, I can understand. You know, I think that's what, how Mike T uses Twitter is like he wants, he wants to get bad because it motivates him to work harder. Unless you're using it for that, just cut it off because it's not good. For you. Yeah. And what Ruiz said, you know, just focusing on ball, it made me think about what Joe Burrow said earlier this year. He basically did the same thing, shut down all social media and just wanted to focus on football. Yeah. I think Kirk Cousins did that too. He went to like double silent ninja mode, which whatever that means, because Kirk Cousins is always the exact same no matter what he does. But yeah. Now, and uh, the other thing that Caesar, you know, talked about is, you know, he feels like, the continuity in the offensive line, this is something we talked about as well. Like the continuity in the offensive line helps a lot. Like he pointed out, and it's true, the five offensive linemen that were supposed to start the season last year, they played five snaps together. That's it. Yeah, I All felt year. like a lot, a lot of what he said today we had talked about last podcast, which was kind of funny. Well, right, because it's true. You know, it's like it, it's not that hard to intuit. It's like you just have to kind of give a guy a chance. And I, but I think that like that answer was interesting to me that he shut it all down because it's a very mature thing to do. Right. Like, I think that there's a there's a point when you get to the NFL that, you know, there, there's a maturity test. And I don't think everyone passes it. Right. Like you have sure. to be able to be a professional. There's no college program holding your hand. It's on you to do the film study. It's on you to take care of your body and to make sure you are doing the work. And that's what he has done. And, you know, I, I think that's pretty impressive. The other thing that he mentioned is he gained a good bit of weight from year two to year three. And he had already put on some weight from year one to year two. And he said it wasn't like a it wasn't like necessarily like him being too small and getting blown up the ball, but it was like a you know, and it also just wasn't an accident. Like he didn't eat too many Big Macs and, and gain weight. But like it, it is something that's helped him and he has gained like functional weight. He came in as a rookie. I believe he's about 315, no, 307, like 310. Last year he was up to about 315, 317. This year he's about 324. And so it's just like, it's good. Just an example of like, that's literally development of your, of his own like physique, right? Like he's getting a little stronger, a little more comfortable, a little more confident. 
And that's what you've seen. And here, here's what he had to say about some of that continuity uh, when I asked him today. You know, last year, obviously, there was a lot of just disconnected play within the O-line. Like Eric missed five games and Ryan missed however many games, you know. Is kind of getting just that continuity of that group helpful in terms of just, you know, you're trying to kind of tick your way up and, and these guys are there next to you. Yeah, it's definitely good. Um, having all our uh, – we've I've been able to play with Ram – and Eric postseason. Uh, um, last year was not the case. Um, the five that we had last year, uh, we only played five snaps together. So you know what I'm saying? We're just, you know what I'm saying? That's part of football. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, line. So you start to build that chemistry with a whole bunch of people. But having like you know Ram with Ram, obviously everybody. Ram has so much stuff that he's great at. Ram's been doing this for a while. So, you know what I'm saying? Me and Ram have that, you know, connection. Like, we just understand we understand each other. So, uh, and having Eric, you know, nobody can do what Eric does. Like, Eric, nobody else can do that. You know what I'm saying? So, having Eric there, being able to make all the calls and just be so sharp on everything, it's just like, it makes things a lot easier for us. Is it, is it like you can, like, anticipate each other and you like, know what one person, like, their tendencies in certain situations? That's what yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like, with me and I would Ram and me, Ram and Eric. Like, I can do something with Ram. I don't have to say anything. We just know. I can do stuff with Eric. We don't have to say anything. We just know. I think that last part is probably the most significant thing. It's like you can have five very talented offensive linemen. If they're not working as a group, they're going to fail. You know. And so, like, I think that the ability to just have that group and let them kind of learn. It's like they are much better as a five-person tandem than the sum of like their parts than the individual talent levels of everybody on that in that group. And so I think that's more than anything, that is what has allowed this, this offensive line to flourish this season. And along those lines with the offensive line, we're seeing, I feel like, more and more and more of Trevor Penning walking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we got an update on him from uh, Dennis Allen recently saying that he's starting to do work on the treadmill. And he's still got a little bit of, you know, he's not walking completely uh, 100% yet, but is definitely on the right track to come back in a few weeks. Yeah, you can see a little hitch in his giddy up, but you know, he's moving around like he's not, he's not hiding. He's a big dude. I forgot how big he is. Like that dude is huge. Yeah, impossible to miss, right? I mean, like I've, I genuinely forgot. And then he was walking in the locker room. I was just like this mountain of a man. <laughs> the shadow comes over you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, no, like it'll be good to see him back out there. Like, again, as we talked about, you know, I think it's going to be important to get him out there for practice before, like even like maybe even not the week that he plays. He makes his return because you want to get to that fitness back. But he does look, you know, he does. He looks like he's been staying in shape. So that's a good thing. And yeah, so that's some other some other positive injury news. Obviously, it's like, you know, you got Alante Taylor. We're still waiting on Marshawn Lattimore. Obviously, Mark Ingram is still out hurt. It'll be interesting to see if he goes on IR to free up another roster spot. I'm also curious to see if they bring up Jordan Howard from the practice squad. Maybe they elevate him rather than sign him. But yeah, I think this is a team that, that is tracking in the right direction. And we're going to talk to uh, Kevin Ostriker the host of Lockdown Ravens, managing editor of Ravens Wire, because I think that's another team that's that's tracking in the right direction because this is going to be a really interesting matchup because whichever team wins it, I think is going to really announce themselves as a legitimate threat in their respective conference. Yeah, and the Saints we saw put up that amazing showing against a lackluster Raiders team. Yeah, they had some weapons there, but definitely impressive to not even let a guy like Derek Carr running the offense, get over the 50-yard line, and 
hopefully that defense can show up again and then have that same kind of that fire, that passion. You definitely saw that a lot more last game. And they're going to have to contain Lamar Jackson to do it. And that's a lot easier said than done. That's going to wrap it up for this segment of Inside Black and Gold. Again, we're going to come back with Kevin Ostrak, who's going to give us the lowdown on the Baltimore Ravens. You're listening to Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. Stick around.